Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. everyone. Tonight we are finishing out our coverage of Tyrion's point of view chapters with his final chapter in A Storm of Swords. Tyrion, this is his final oh, one ever, right? Yes. Kyle, there are no more after this at all. So there are we're no just... more. Like, literally, there will never be. I mean, I shouldn't say this because what if Winds comes out? Um, Winds won't come out. What if what does what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> so in theory, this is it for Tyrion. Um and I'm so I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast, and we all jump the gun on this. Um, and I'm joined tonight by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chickren on Twitter. And Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel, and I am Rope Dart Raptor on Tumblr. And two of our favorite occasional gents. We have Cody. Hey, I'm Cody, and you can find me on Twitter at the Crimson Lord. And Devin. I'm Devin DD Harpo on Twitter. And I think in this chapter, I will say it's particularly important to have a trigger warnings for um, rape and violence, as well as our standard spoiler warnings, because um, it's a it, it's a doozy. So, um, the chapter starts with Tyrion sitting alone in the black cells, and he hears noises and thinks that they're finally coming for him for his execution, and he tries to psych himself up to die well. Um, you know, whether they're going to kill him right there or whether they're going to execute him publicly. And um, we get this this great passage. And it's fairly long, but I really, I wanted to read it just because of the chemistry of the characters. So, um, so bear with me. A torchlight fell across his face. He shielded his eye with a hand. Come on, are you frightened of a dwarf? Do it, you son of a poxy whore. His voice had grown hoarse from disuse. Is that any way to speak about our lady mother? The man moved forward, a torch in his left hand. This is even more ghastly than my cell at River Run. They're not quite so dank. For a moment, Tyrion could not breathe. You? Well, most of me. Jamie was gaunt, his hair hacked short. I left a hand at Harrenhal. Bringing the brave companions across the narrow sea was not one of father's better notions. He lifted his arm and Tyrion saw the stump. A bark of hysterical laughter burst from his lips. Oh, gods, he said. Jamie, I am so sorry, but gods be good. Look at the two of us, handless and noseless, the Lannister boys. <laughs> there were days when my hand smelled so bad I wished I was noseless. Jamie lowered the torch so the light bathed, bathed his brother's face. An impressive scar. Tyrion turned away from the glare. They made me fight a battle without my big brother to protect me. I heard tell you almost burned the city down. A filthy lie. I only burned the river. Abruptly, Tyrion remembered where he was and why. Are you here to kill me? Now that's ungrateful. Perhaps I should leave you here to rot if you're going to be so discourteous. Rotting is not the fate Circe has in mind for me. Well, no, if truth be told, you're to be beheaded on the morrow, out on the old tourney grounds. Tyrion laughed again. Will there be food? You'll have to help me with my last words. My wits have been rutting... <laughs> running about like a rat in a root cellar. You won't need last words. I'm rescuing you. 
Jamie's voice was strangely solemn. Who said I required rescue? You know, I'd almost forgotten what an, an annoying little man you are. Now that you've reminded me, I do believe I'll let Cersei cut your head off after all. Oh, no, you won't, he waddled out of the cell. Is it day or night up above? I've lost all sense of time. And so, again, sorry for reading the whole thing, but it was just, oh. you're so struck by the chemistry of them. Yeah. That I couldn't stop, I couldn't like stop myself. Right, right. Um, and, you know, we, I was thinking about it and realized that they hadn't had a scene of the two of them since, um, you know, one of the very first chapters of Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, you kind of get the feeling that George was excited to write yes. the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. really yeah. excited. Because he just goes on and on. Yeah, he really Woo-hoo! does. Banter time! <laughs> Let me at it! Yeah! Well, and even when he got involved in, I know, we, I, we've talked about this several times, and I can never remember, like, what it was, but that, like, fake battle tourney thing, where it was Jamie versus some other mythical person. And he has, you know, George actually wrote it, wrote it up, and it's Tyrion oh, kind yeah. of helping Jamie um, win, more or less. And there's that banter between them. Yeah, he clearly had wanted to write it again. Yeah, with the the Savudu yeah, cage yeah. or whatever it was that no one who's listening is going to know what the fuck we're talking about. But I don't yeah, know what you're talking about? What are you talking? It's about? this. It was this. This. Oh, um genre site suvudu i think it's s-u-v-u-d-u and they did this um cage match between like all of these fantasy characters genre characters like who would face off against each other basically that have them battle and um the the people on the site were like writing like you know think of it like um for those in the u.s it's kind of like you know like the the ncaa basketball tournament you know like this massive tournament where everybody faces off and there's huge brackets and they picked Jamie for I think John might have also been in I can't remember. They picked Jamie from from um A Song of Ice and Fire to be the the champion who represented the series and like they had him square off against all these other people and he went really far. I think he might have gone to the end. It was he might have been beaten by yeah. Randolph Thor or something like that yep. at the end. And um I George himself. Yeah, so they wrote the battles kind of like little mini fan fictions, right, between these fictional characters from different universes. This website did. George got so into it that he started writing the battles himself. He would write his own version of it, his own fan fiction of his own series about Jamie <laughs> facing off against these other people. And That's why we don't have wins yet. This is yeah. why we don't have wins. And I think this might, this might have even actually been before Dance was published. I can't remember. Well, but. it's in 2010. So, yeah, it was before yeah. Dance. And Dance. You know, it ends, you know, basically, Jamie, you know, in his version, Jamie wins. And, um, you know, it ends with, um, you know, ends with Jamie going, One question, brother. When we parted in the dungeon, certain things were said. I have not forgotten, Tyrion said softly. Nor forgiven? A Lannister always pays its debts, brother, said the dwarf. Why help me, then? I would have never survived any of these contests but for you. Tyrion Lannister grinned a savage grin. Why, Jamie, he said, swirling the wine in his cup. We are one blood, you and I. No one gets to kill my brother but me. <laughs> so... Oh, God. <laughs> well, he couldn't completely change, like, the, the setting of the story, but... Yeah, it it's it is interesting. Actually, it's really interesting because I think Jamie thinks about how Brienne is one of the top swordsmen. Oh in yeah, like the world you know, in that too. Yeah, I mean Tyrion kind of has all these like 
all of these trial of seven people essentially from um you know different fantasy series and jamie's like you know or brienne or you know like (laughs) where are all these people that can actually help me and one of them he thinks of is brienne yeah Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people can Google it from the massive amount of information that we've given them about something they don't care about. Well, but it is on funny. George, and it's on George's, um, his live journal. So we can, we'll post a link to it too. But, um, but it's Go funny. Now. It's just, it's just funny that it literally takes off from this exact point in the series. <laughs> it seems like, I mean, how could you, I mean, I think anyone that's written fan fiction too in, in this universe, like having Jamie and Tyrion together is really fun. Like they're really fun yeah. characters and really easy, um, you know, really easy f- to just have like to go off and have them have, you know, super long conversations because of the chemistry between them. Um, and in this chapter, it's like the first half of the chapter is so delightful compared to the last half, which <laughs> is just so fucking horrible. So it's like this thing, God, um, so so anyway, Jamie gives him the lay of the land and tells him that Varys is waiting for him and that he's arranged for a galley to take him to the free cities. And you know, they laugh over the absurdity of Tyrion disguising himself for using a different name. You know, how many one no you know knows this dwarves do you think there are? And then um Jamie bends down to kiss him goodbye and thought it was interesting that, you know, Jamie kisses his scar. Because I always you know, I think we wonder, you know, will he be doing the same with, with Brienne someday? And he tells. Oh, I've never, I've never oh, linked yeah. those two or had that. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, I always, yeah. I always think that, like, because it just makes a note of it, and it's, you know. No, I, I love this. That. Go ahead, Rachel. No, no, I just, I agree. I never made that connection, and I feels a bit obvious. So well, yeah, and just you know, Tyrion's lost his nose, and you know, when he meets up with Brienne again, you know, she's essentially lost a chunk of her face, and so I yep. think it's sort of important perhaps that you know jamie doesn't seem particularly taken aback by um well i by Tyrion here i think what comes through and this is the thing that you know having read you know so many Tyrion chapters over the last three books is you know no one else loves Tyrion. only jamie like only jamie would bend down and like kiss him on this scar and mean it you know like yeah. only Jamie completely accepts Tyrion and loves just loves him for, you know, existing basically. And you know, this is this is when George really shines because this is very clear in just like what a couple of pages of interaction. Mm-hmm. You can see just the the this is real true like brotherly love that you're seeing here. Yeah. So, you know, Jamie kisses him and tells Tyrion that his rescue was a debt he owed and Tyrion doesn't understand, and he has this, you know, this line, like, Jamie's scared. Like, he is kind of freaked out that that Jamie's scared. And, you know, Tyrion kind of tries to make light of it a little bit. Like, oh, is this some ugly truth? Ha, ha, ha. And, and you know, yeah, it, it's a really ugly truth. Um, Jamie tells Tyrion the truth about Tysha, and that she really was just a crofter's daughter. And that Tywin commanded him to lie to him about it to Tyrion, and, you know, Jamie claims to not know what Tywin would do to her after. And, you know, we can debate, I think, you know, whether... I mean, it's, like, not the first time that Jamie's given Tywin the benefit of the doubt, and unfortunately not the first time that, you know, Tywin's proved not worthy of it. So you can kind of debate whether or not Jamie should have, um, 
you know, kind of thought about what was going to happen to Taisha, you know, in this whole situation. I mean, to me, this is a secret you take to the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Why does he choose to unburden himself here? Like, it's kind of selfish. I think. Yeah. And that's what I felt like. It's it's that kind of like selfish trying to be selfless. Like he's he's trying to be like, or at least the way I read it is that he's trying to like broadly do the right thing. Like he's kind of overcompensating for his past misdeeds by like being kind of hard headed about what the right thing is, regardless of potential consequences um and also like for him this is probably at some point like he's gonna be thinking to himself that this is the last time he's gonna have this chance to tell Tyrion this well he's been thinking um, about this ever since river run too you know right mm. but i mean so i mean you should have said it yeah it it's definitely in part for like his own catharsis but i definitely do still understand it as like a like i don't necessarily hold it against him exactly like it's it's not a I mean, yeah, it's like on one hand, he's giving Tyrion the gift of, you know, saying, no, I'm not the only person that's ever loved you like this girl loved you. But then also like torturing him with the what happened to him and what his part in it was. Yeah, I think it's I think it's part of Jamie's processing of that, like, um, the fine line between honor and reason. Like he's he we know that he looks up to Ned in a way. And Ned is very much that honor before reason kind of guy where like he'll do the honorable thing regardless of like, like for its own sake. So, Mm -hmm. and I, I've always seen this as like part of Jamie's, you know, his, a lot of his character is about being stuck between this rock and a hard place of honor versus the right thing. And, he probably sees telling the truth here as the honorable thing to do, even if it isn't necessarily the right, like it plays into that. Um, and that's not to say that it isn't the right thing to do. It's a stupid thing to do. Uh, but he's yeah, also I mean, not yeah, one to one think those, about consequences. There isn't a right thing to do. Like, right. To never happen, you know, right. I mean, or if you were going to confess, the right thing would have been to do, you know, as soon as Tyrion was old enough that he could maybe go try to find Tysha or, so, you know, like a scenario, where, a scenario where there's a positive for Tyrion, I guess, is the one yeah. in which this is, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, sometimes we do things and we don't think through everything, you know, I mean, you might go, I just, I need to, apologize for this i need to apologize for this yeah. and you're not really thinking about anything but how it is for you you know right. i mean i can get that i totally get Except jamie's perspective and why he does for like months you know clearly one of the first things he mentions in his first chapter in a storm of swords yeah is you know there's one thing that's been you know i mean he mentions really it back in the cat's chapter you know like it's... yeah he mentions it there too yeah well i mean it's it's clearly the thing that he views as his greatest sin yeah for for better or for worse, this is what he views as his greatest sin. So he's really unburdening himself, and it really probably doesn't have too much to do with Tyrion. Yeah. Right. I would love to have this from his POV. Yeah. Oh, God. Ditto. Uh, so, you know, Tyrion is sick. You know, he's sick about this, and he's absolutely furious, and he, he hits Jamie, and, you know, Jamie's been kind of leaning down, so he, he sends him tumbling. And he tells Jamie that a Lannister always pays his debts and, and Jamie's gonna have it coming. He asks Jamie if he can fight left handed and, and Jamie, you know, is kinda like, Yeah, but I suck. 
and Tyrion's like, good, so we'll be evenly matched if we meet again. Um, which is kind of, it's so funny that I, I can't read this chapter from a place of not knowing what was going to happen next, and I've oh. seen things where people are like, oh, you know, Tyrion shouldn't be burning that bridge, and to me, I've always read it as like, oh, fuck, Jamie, Like, not, you got, like, the Starks after you for some flippant comment, and now you've got, you know, Tyrion after you for this, like... You know, you you've got a you know you've got a lot of people, a lot of enemies that have a lot of a lot of power potentially. Um, yeah. So Jamie in turn asked Tyrion if he really killed Joffrey, and um, you know here here's the passage that launched a thousand um, copy paste <laughs> in the next two books. Um, Tyrion tells him, "You poor stupid blind crippled fool! Must I spell every little thing out for you? Very well." Cersei is a lying whore. She's been fucking Lancel and Osmond Kettleblack and probably Moonboy for all I know. And I am the monster they all say I am. Yes, I killed your vile son. He made himself grin. It must have been a hideous sight to see there in the torchlit gloom. Jamie turned without a word and walked away. Tyrion watched him go, striding on his long, strong legs. And part of him wanted to call out, to tell him that it wasn't true, to beg for his forgiveness. But then he thought of Taisha, and he held the silence. He listened to the receding footsteps until he could hear them no longer. Then he waddled off to look for Varys. Ugh, so, <laughs> it's... I mean, I mean again, like, each you other totally so, get this. Yeah, right. you, but you totally get mm-hmm. it. I mean, this is... Yeah. And especially for siblings who are used to fighting, you know, you know to just go straight for the jugular with somebody yeah. that you fight with a lot, like a sibling and Tyrion does. And, you know, they, they hurt each other so much here, but you know, they love each other. So, you know, what do you guys think is going to happen when they meet again? I mean, it's, it's obvious to me reading their later chapters, both of them, the way that they can't fully think of the other one as evil, that, they will, if they were to meet again, they would totally, you know, patch things up. I mean, even Tyrion, I think in the, in like one of his last chapters in dance is like, literally he's like, yeah, I, like, I don't even know. I don't even know with Jamie anymore. Like he can't, he can't keep hating him. He's just not capable of it. Do you think, yeah. oh, go ahead, Rachel. Oh, I was going to say like, I don't, like Jamie's not all that attached to Joffrey and like, you know, I feel like it's pretty well established that his reaction to Joffrey dying was like, yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know <laughs> that he would hold that against him exactly. Um, he's a lot more like, I, I, as I recall, he gets a lot more fixated just on the Cersei betrayal rather than anything. Oh, yeah. That, like, yeah. like, he's not particular. you know, Tyrion does all this tor- terrible stuff to him and he's like, yeah, that, that tracks. I get it. And, and Tywin clearly had it coming, you know, like... Jamie knows. Yeah, but he's mad he about Tywin. He feels, but like, yeah, he feels, but he feels responsible for that. Right. I don't remember him particularly being like, like really angry with or like blaming Tyrion. Yeah, I mean, like he, he does. does he does yeah. a couple times, but then he also goes completely the other way around by the end of of Feast too. Same, yeah. kind of the same as Tyrion does. But I don't remember that being like a major conflict. Is what I'm saying is that. Not the way that, like, the deal with. I think is. he. I think he opens feast by wishing he'd killed Tyrion, but yes. by the end of feast, he is not wishing that anymore. Right. 
We're all in green. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I think it's also interesting, uh, kind of as a sidebar, that they both have this weird, like, coping mechanism, almost, of, like, playing the villain. Like, they'll, they both, like, immediately jump into the role of the monster that they feel like they are being accused of being, right? Like... Like Tyrion, they've both been put in that role by society, you know? Right, no, but I mean, like, their reaction to it, I feel like it's just, like, a good... It makes sense that family members would both have a similar coping mechanism like this. I just think it's, like, a good note on George's part. Why did Cersei get that? Like, she's the one that would have done well to, like, accept her villainy a little bit. An interesting familial similarity between these two in particular anyway that like because like jamie kind of does the same thing that Tyrion does where like after he kills eris he doesn't say why he killed eris he's just like yep i'm an oath breaker that's me you got me and and moves on and like that's how they cope with those accusations well you have to have self-awareness to have this coping mechanism and that's that's why cersei doesn't there you go (laughs) so i've always kind of wondered if um you know jamie is part of Danny's betrayal for love like Tyrion would betray her for love and it'd be for Jamie. oh that's interesting because oh, it just seems... I mean I like to think of him lasting that long I know, never know right? but, you know, whatever we'll never <laughs> we'll know never. no <laughs> so so anyway um, so now we're gonna get ready for the the horrible part of the chapter now that we've had the fun part um it's it's amazing. Like the fun part was way better than I remembered it being. Like, it was way more fun, and the non-fun part is infinitely worse than I remembered it being. Um, especially you know, having sat through all these chapters. So anyway, here we go. So Tyrion finds Varys on the stairs, and and he's still kind of pissed that Varys didn't help him during his trial. But he he doesn't murder Varys. He asks him. You know, Varys tells him that Cersei was, Cersei was watching him. But, you know, Jamie can be super persuasive, you know, in quotes, I'm sure. And that's why he's here now. <laughs> so it's interesting to note, though, that, you know, Var- Varys actually testified against him as well. But Tyrion seems okay with that. Um, he asks him about Sansa. And Varys tells him that she vanished with Dantos Hollard. And even his little birds haven't found a trace of her. And I was wondering, do you guys think this is true? Um or is he just telling Tyrion this because, you know, Tyrion, he doesn't want to leave Tyrion, he doesn't want Tyrion thinking to go after Sansa or anything. I kind of think it might be true. I think it's true. I, I, I think, think it's true. true. I don't if think any- he thinks Tyrion would go after Sansa. Yeah. Agreed. So they have a little small talk about the dungeons, and we find out that Tyrion was on the third level, which is the same as Ned when he was in the in the dungeons as well. Um, Varys tells him there's a fourth level where, quote, one never sees the sun again, nor hears a human voice, nor breathes a breath free of agonizing pain. And, um, you know, in the spirit of uh, the Princess Bride, I totally picture, like, that dude from the Princess Bride, like, working down there. Oh, the torture? <laughs> yeah, chamber? like, that's where he, oh, that's where he works. The albino? Yes. The albino totally works down there. Yeah. I was reading this and I was like, oh, this is probably in this stupid fire and blood or whatever this oh, book yeah. is. Definitely in the fire and blood. Totally. I mean, that we're none of us are reading tonight, except probably some no. of us might be. 
don't know. Are you? Oh, you love Targaryens. You. Would. I don't love Targaryens, and I haven't bought it. I just want to. I would like someone to give me the gist of it. Basically, um, that's what my goal is. So I'm sure if you check in at R A S O I A F. Like tomorrow, you yeah. will find out everything you never needed to know right, about it, which is really all I need to know. Um, so anyway, so they're you know so they've got that going for them. They're not on the fourth level, but they're actually walking down to the fourth level. And Varys tells Tyrion to give him his hand because they're going to walk in darkness because there are things they don't want to see. Um, Isn't it funny to think of Tyrion and Varys holding hands oh, and yes, kind of like <laughs> yes, skipping through the dungeon? It's a weird date night. <laughs> So Tyrion wonders if Varys is just fucking with him at this point. Um, but then he thinks that, well, you know, Jamie wouldn't be afraid. And then he immediately is like, well, shit, I hate Jamie. Like, <laughs> he really, like, he can't really keep up that. You know, he's got a lifetime of admiration for Jamie that he can't just quite get rid of immediately. And, you know, Tyrion has this great moment where he thinks about how he arrived in King's Landing as the, you know, acting hand of the king. And he rode through the gates at the head of his own men, and you know now he's leaving like a rat. Um, they emerge below the Tower of the Hand, and Tyrion thinks of the secret staircase to his old bedchamber that Shay told him about. And you know he's like, "Well, shit! Now it's my father's bedchamber." Hmm. Um, he asks Varys how far he needs to climb, and Varys tells him it's 230 rungs. And, you know, warns him not to do it, but also gives him explicit instructions on how to do it. <laughs> so it's like this total, bitch, don't do it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm doing it. He's being haggard. I shouldn't have told you that. Yeah. <laughs> to get there, this is what you do step by step. Right. Like, hmm, this is really, yeah. Well, you kind of have to wonder if the wheels are spinning in Varys's mind. He's like, is there is there a downside in this for me? I mean, Varys is al- already being forced away from King's Landing. I yeah. mean, Jamie's made sure of that at this point. So that's interesting maybe when he's you think like, about it. Yeah, like Jamie really forces it. his hand here. Yeah. Well, that's because Jamie is an agent of chaos in this story. Yeah, and if you know, if you think like. Varys was still in King's Landing during Feast, you know, what does that mean for the story? I mean, I feel like it's like he wouldn't even really have anything to do because how does he accelerate, you know, I mean, does he work for Cersei so she doesn't, like, destroy he everything quite so quickly? He would have to work so for quickly? her enough so that she wouldn't notice, you know, yeah. that he was working against her. But it's like so. he could just take, like, a break because she's fucking it all up on her own. Like, he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, but I mean, I think part of the problem George would have faced if he'd left Varys in King's Landing is, you know, would it be believable for Cersei to be as stupid and to know as little as she mm-hmm. knows? And so he has to get him out. It's kind of like, you know, well, it's kind of like, like how Jamie. The has way to that leave. I know that the way that I know that like Barristan has to die before Danny gets to Westeros, it's because he would help her too much. You know, I mean, like yeah. things like that. He just has to eliminate certain people. Or Victorian you know? would be just fine. <laughs> He's not going to help her at all. Like. Totally. You get to live for a while longer, you moron. <laughs> oh, anyway, so um, so Tyrion starts to climb, and you know, I kind of feel like you know this is this is the moment for him. Um, you know, we've seen his physical struggles throughout the books, and you know, it feels like Sansa's climbed down to escape King's Landing. Like this is his challenge, 
And, you know, the tunnel gets smaller and smaller, and he thinks, you know, at last a place made for dwarves. And, you know, this this feels like the moment that, you know, his entire POV, frankly, has been building to. And as he's climbing up, he hears two of his father's guardsmen talking about how they want to fuck Shay and speculating on how Tyrion is going to go to his death the next day. And, you know, he realizes, you know, just how much Varys' little birds have been able to learn over the years because he can hear, like, this entire conversation perfectly. Well, he's learning that Varys is his own little birds a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, So Tyrion gets to the bedchamber, and he immediately hears a woman's voice, and it's Shay. And when he reveals himself, he asks if she was expecting someone taller. And she immediately starts crying and tells him that Cersei forced her testimony and that she's frightened of Tywin, too. And she tells him that Tywin will be back soon and tells Tyrion to go or take her with him. And I just, like, this is really different in the show. And I think I get, you know, we talk about the whitewashing of Tyrion quite a bit. And I I get this moment, like, if I was writing the show, I would have written it the exact same way, because the way that it's written in the books, Tyrion is dead to me. Um, You know, you have to have Shay reaching for a knife first, like, otherwise, you know, you've totally destroyed your main character, essentially. So, in in this version, however, um, you know, this is what happens. She starts to cry, tells him that Cersei forced her testimony, just like he's literally accepted as an excuse for Varys minutes before and that she's scared of Tywin and asks her to take her with him. Um, You know, is there any reason for us to believe she doesn't mean it? You know, she doesn't call for Tywin. She doesn't do anything else. She, she literally is like, I'm fucking terrified. Take me with you. Um, I mean, we could have a pretty decent argument that he would, not want to believe her or would have no good reason to believe her. But I mean, I mean like your argument that I think you're making is he kills her purely for vengeance. I mean, yes. yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. But I, <laughs> so think, I think she's sincere though. I definitely like, think she's sincere, but she just knows how to play her part. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Shay is someone that uh, kind of, just hops on whatever she thinks the best ship is, and Tyrion seemed like his ship was sinking, so she... Like, that's how I read it. Do you think it. that Shay I had agree. a choice to sleep with Tywin? Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Mm, yeah. uh, not not as Do you think that Tywin exactly? was like, I'm gonna fuck you because you were fucking my son, and, like, that gives me power over him? No, I, I mean, it's funny that you ask that. I have always just assumed that Shay figured her best way out was to, you know, seduce Tywin. Because, I mean, yeah, it's I clear that say. Cersei's the one who went to Shay. You know, Cersei's yeah. the one who sought Shay out, not not Tywin. So, I mean, like, I, I guess my take on it has always been, you know, this is how Shay understands to just secure her safety, you know, is sleep with people and make them not want to kill you. And so... My assumption has always been that whatever happened after the trial, she she was like, oh, if if I seduce Tywin, then he won't want to kill me. She understands that Tywin yeah, is a threat. Yeah, that was my reading. How would she have gotten into a situation where she could have seduced Tywin? No, that's why what I wondered. Why would, why would he even be seduced by her? Well, I guess I'm well, not imagining a seduction. More of like a... a 
she, like, I mean, not that, like, he wouldn't have, you know, power played her into sex, but more like she just was kind of game for it before he could even try. Like, he, she was kind of ahead of him on that one, because, like, that's just the life that she's been living so far. Like, kind of a, like that kind of situation. I that's what I like, always pictured in my brain. I've always thought, you know, he's the hand of the king, and... You know, she's not gonna. She doesn't have access to him. He has all well, of the access. Well, she would have though after the trial. I mean, more than likely, either right before or right after her testimony, I'm sure she would have been around Tywin. Um, it's hard to imagine that Tywin and Kevin wouldn't have had questions for her once Cersei, you know, brought her to light. Um, it kind of seemed like Cersei'd had her hidden until she hauled her out the day of the trial, because I, you know, as we talked about before, I don't think Tywin would have allowed her testimony. Um, in public if he'd known how humiliating it was going to be. Um, so my feeling has always kind of been sometime after the trial, more than likely Tywin was like, I need to get to the bottom of this. And basically it was like, what happened? And to me, had her it's alone. always been a power play by Tywin just to get one over his son again. But I mean, it could yeah. be, I guess I've always kind of just, just thought it was both, you know, like I always just kind of thought it was convenience. I mean, you know, Tywin's so against, you know, people in, engaging prostitutes, he probably has to be careful in how he engages with his own. And it's like the opportunity presented itself. And he's just like, Oh, here's some money. Will you sleep? With me? I mean, like, I don't know, just everything about the fact that she's wearing the hand of the King necklace in Tywin's bed says, uh, it doesn't seem like a coerced situation. Like I kind of doubt Tywin would allow something that playful to go on if he was like literally had her at knife point, but I don't know. Well, I don't think you know. that's, you know, I think it's just, a, it's a, he doesn't have to have her at knife point. I mean, the knife point is implied by, you know, who he is. Right. Um, I think, like, okay, like, I also say this. I think both situations, like, either separate or as some kind of horrible Frankensteinian amal- amalgamation of the two happening to coincide, I think any variation thereupon is plausible. And it's kind of it's kind of a weak point for me in the story that we don't know more about how this happened because it does feel mm. like just a random thing to make Tyrion feel even worse about everything. Like, it feels kind of out of nowhere that it would be Shay in particular. I'm not saying that there isn't a justification. I just, like, clearly it, there isn't a clear one. Yeah, that we can all uh, all of us agree upon. Oh yeah, no, clearly happened. we don't all even agree on how it could have happened. I mean, like you know, it could have been any one of a million things, and it's like you kind of never will know. Right. But you know, I agree with you. It's shoehorned in. It's funny that you say shoehorned in because I've, I've always a little bit felt that the Jamie and Taisha thing was a little shoehorned in the way that because like what would Jamie have even been doing there? Like he was in the King's Garden. Yeah. Like it just seems like the fact that they were together and everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was part of the original story, so I kind of. I, I I get it, but yeah, it is it is. Um, I think it's one of those things, you know. I think when you go into a story, right, and we talk about George being a gardener, and not an architect or whatever. But even if you're a gardener, you have certain story points in mind that you're going to hit, you know. And I think George probably envisioned this thing of of Tyrion shooting Tywin on the crapper, like right around the beginning of the story. Oh, I think hell this yeah, is something that was always <laughs> part of Tyrion's Very story. Early. And I think George was going to get there, you know, by hook or by crook. And this is kind of, the, you know, the difference between being an architect and a gardener as a writer is, you know, like an architect decides ahead of time, this is the plot, this is everything that happens, whereas a gardener kind of lets things happen organically. But every once in a while, you kind of see that George maybe isn't 100% organic with something. And I kind of, it's kind of like this, it's a little bit, you know, like the 
the assassin sent to kill Bran. There are a few things oh. that aren't organic, just kind of things that he had. That or he that, had. Um, that yeah, they're wildling that happened to overhear Bran or Theon or whatever in the wild. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like these these things are are you know they they stand out more in George's work because so much of the plot is organic feeling. Um, so every once in a while when something's a little forced, and I've always thought this is just one of those things. He just wanted to do this. He was going to make it happen no matter what, and then he did. Do you guys think that, I mean, this whole part of the story would not have happened had Jamie not told him about Taisha, right? I don't Maybe. think so. Yeah. He would have just left. Yeah, I mean, you know, the way that it's written, and we didn't really talk about this too much, but, you know, I've, I've always admired the way that this chapter is written because if you were going to write someone having a psychotic break, <laughs> this is probably how you'd do it. Um, you know, like people don't even use the term psychotic break in like, you know, clinical settings anymore. But like this, that is that is the thought process here. Clearly, it's just, you know, something in Tyrion just well, and it's quite literally breaks loose because when when Jamie tells him this. Well, and I mean, even when he when he murders Shay, you know, it's just she tells him that she, you know, he asked her if he if, you know, she liked it when he fucked her. And she tells him yes and calls him my giant, my giant of Lannister. And we get like the. You know, he has his hands on her, and then and a- and then like literally the next line is like, and after, like Afterward, it's not even yeah. in the, it's not even in yeah, the. Yeah, he kind of like, it's like black. He blacks yeah, out. Yeah, he a blacks bit. out essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't doesn't diminish the fact for me that he straight up fucking murders her. Oh no, he oh, no. no reason, no. but you know, his only motive is, I mean, like. We could have an argument that he needed to kill her if he wanted to kill Tywin, but I mean, you know, so he needed yeah. to murder someone to murder someone. But I mean, the yeah. truth is, he's he's murdering her for vengeance. He wants to kill her. Why would she have like stopped him from murdering Tywin? <laughs> she might have yelled out, "I don't even know." I mean, like, you can, <laughs> I can see someone mounting the defense. I've seen the defense yeah. mounted, and it's like one of those things where you know, okay, I can't definitively say, but I mean, like, it's pretty clear to me that he wanted to kill her, and so he killed her. He was pissed to find her there. Well, and it's what a defense it's that true. is. I had to kill her so that I could have an easier time killing someone else. Exactly. That makes me exactly. what kind and it's of just, you know, he's just learned the manipulations that Tywin did with Taisha and he remember, you know, he has to remember how he participated in what he did to her and basically now he's blaming Shay for what Cersei and Tywin did to him. Like to me, I mean, yeah, I get the whole, you know, I can get the psychotic break, but I also feel like he wasn't like he was a it wasn't like he was a healthy functioning human adult before he learned all of this either like ugh, I just ugh. yeah I mean look I I'm not going to sit here like we need to not pretend that he doesn't have reason to be angry right. with Shay I mean she helped literally send him to the gallows here I mean like he does but, have know, reason to be angry sort of her, but that Ferris, doesn't mean you know Hold yeah no. murder is kind of well, a bit extra no, I'm not. I'm not in any way justifying. I'm just saying it's not as though there's nothing behind this. There is something behind this. He does have a real, you know, gripe with her. She did lie to to make him seem worse. But yeah, no, there's no question. This is this is just straight up vengeance. I mean, I don't think he would argue that it's vengeance. I think that that that's what it is. So, are we any are we ready to move on? Okay. Well, here's no. a question. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I love it. You you mentioned the show. Why did they whitewash this? I, I mean, like I've never understood it. To they, me, there are so many great color or great characters that they did dark. include in the show. 
Yeah. Is it too dark? Yeah. Well, I think it's it's practicalities. It's just kind of cynical audience. You know, most people aren't there to watch, you know, this kind of suit, like that level of dark. Most people, when they want dark, they just want, you know, blood and violence and sex. Like that's, most people are just sitting down to have a thrilling they want, evening they don't before mind they go if, to bed Sunday night. Right. It's not, they don't want like to have, Tyrion in the show had been this like, Kind of like the favorite character, uh, like one of the big main audience surrogates for the show, um, and having that, having that ripped out from under you for a casual audience is going to be that. That would have been well, too right. much. And if right? they're not going like to indie movie move. Well, it's, and if they're not going to have Taisha, how can you? You know, if you're not giving him that moment of that, Taisha, yeah, it's like it's true. already weird enough mm-hmm. that he yeah. goes to kill Tywin. You know, well, what's that. funny? What's funny to me though is the show. If the show had played Shay, you know, as she is straight from the books, would it have been that big a deal, or is it because they humanized Shay so much and made her like love Tyrion back and such a good character and not the really savvy person she is in the books? You know, they that made her kind of morally good. Both, I'm sure. Like, if she had been as she is in the books, uh. I don't know, maybe maybe some more really hardcore, like the, the more scarier parts of the internet would have defended him more fervently, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, I think given how much more sympathetic she is in the show, having her, having him murder her straight out definitely would have been that much worse. Yeah, so it's um, like, I don't know, I've always just wondered, I've just been like, if you were, if you're gonna, if you were afraid of it being too dark, why make her so much more sympathetic. I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird move for me. I just could never figure out what their motivation was there. Well, I think that's why they have a reach yeah. for a knife too. To like, yeah, no, I know it. I know it is. Yeah. They want to whitewash it, but right. it's, it's weird. It was a weird, I mean, obviously it was yeah. a weird choice. So I agree. So in my notes, I wrote, you know, I, I hate Tyrion more than any other Lannister, <laughs> except that after murdering Shay, um, I, we we see a worse Lannister. Um, Tyrion he grabs a crossbow and he finds Tywin in the bathroom, and Tywin claims that you know he was really going to send Tyrion to the Wall, um, but Tyrion doesn't give a shit. He he asks Tywin what he did with Tysha, and he realizes that Tywin doesn't even remember her name, and then he calls her Tyrion's first whore, and Tyrion promises that if he uses that word again, he'll kill him. And Tywin tells Tyrion that he doesn't know what happened to Tysha, that it wouldn't have made sense to kill her since, and this is the quote that makes me want to kill him myself. Um, he says, it doesn't make sense to kill her since she, quote, learned her place and had been well paid for her day's work. Um, and honestly, that's when I, yeah, I, I want, like, the Red Keep to implode and kill both of them at that moment. Um he says the steward must have sent her on her way, and Tyrion asks where, and Tywin tells him, wherever whores go. And, you know, whatever else we, we say about Tyrion in this chapter, um, he keeps his promises, and, you know, I think George is really proud of these last, this last little bit of the POV, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Tyrion's finger clenched. The crossbow wanged just as Lord Tywin started to rise. The bolt slammed into him above the groin, and he sat back down with a grunt. The quarrel had sunk deep, right to the fletching. 
Blood seeped out of out around the shaft, dripping down into his pubic hair and over his bare thighs. You shot me, he said incredi- incredulously, his eyes glassy with shock. You are always quick to grasp a situation, my lord, Tyrion said. That must be why your hand of the king. You, you are, you are no son of mine. Now that's where you're wrong, father. Why, I believe I'm you, writ small. Do me a kindness now and die quickly. I have a ship to catch. For once his father did what Tyrion asked him. The proof was the sudden stench as his bowels loosened in the moment of death. Well, he was in the right place for it, Tyrion thought. But the stink that filled the privy gave ample evidence that the oft-repeated jape about his father was just another lie. Lord Tywin Lannister did not, in the end, shit gold. <laughs> Like, I just pictured George, like, lighting a cigar when he finished. Leaning back, like, lighting a cigar, exactly. feet up. The yeah. whole conflict has it. been building up to this one-liner. I mean, pretty much, right? <laughs> like, um, so that, you know, when we think about, uh, think about the end of Storm, of Storm of Swords and, you know, all of the characters kind of being ready for the next phase, you know, this certainly launches Tyrion into the next, um, the next phase of his journey where we will not be following him. We will not go. <laughs> Places we will not go. Um, it's so funny that we already knew we were never going to do Tyrion's dance chapters before we started this reread. And well, now I it's just like, can't even, I mean, unbelievable to even imagine it. Yeah. Cause it's, the self pity. I never want to read him again. Yeah, it's. I mean, I barely want to read his wins chapters, to be honest. Um, you know, a couple <laughs> questions from from here. Do we believe to, uh, Tywin that he was gonna like give Tyrion some mercy at the last second and send him to the wall, or is that just bullshit? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't. It. You don't? I believe it. No. I don't know if you haven't killed publicly, but I, I don't know. An accident may have befallen him on the mm, way north. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, knowing Cersei, for sure. Yeah, although you'd think like know. if Tywin was going to do it at the last second, he would have at least told Jamie because he figured Jamie would be upset about it, you know? And Actually, though, I guess but he, he and, and Jamie, Jamie aren't, aren't talking. talking. Yeah, no, but maybe I, it was like I, a leaf heap, like a, like a um, branch he would extend to Jamie, you know, like. I don't know. I don't, well, Jamie's done such a good job of pretending he doesn't care about Tyrion because he's so much smarter in the books than he is in the yeah. show um, <laughs> that I don't know that Tywin would have been that worried about letting Jamie know. No, I think it's real with Tywin. I mean, Tywin, if God, if you can say anything about Tywin, he's a fucking straight shooter. So, I mean, like, I, I think it's real. I think it's true. I think that <laughs> I Tywin love probably... That you just said that. Tywin's what? a straight shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was well timed. It was great. <laughs> God, why do we have such a dark sense of humor? To me, this has always been like, okay, his son who hates him and who he hates is pointing a crossbow at him, and he has no protection. He's gonna say whatever he needs to to make sure he doesn't get shot by his crossbow. Do you think he actually? I mean, I kind of feel like he would never think that Tyrion would actually do it. Yeah, he didn't think. He definitely didn't think he would do it. Yeah, I don't think he thought he'd do it either. I mean, it's funny. He does pay attention. He does tell him to put the crossbow down, but it's, you know, like a dad telling their kid to, like, put your juice down before you spill it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
Like, he just thinks it's going to be, like, a terrible accident, yeah. Yeah, it's like, don't play with that. Put it down. It's all fun and games till someone gets quarreled in the in the groin. God. <laughs> I mean, but who knows? We'll never know. God, the thing I wish I knew is if Tywin really had been poisoned by Oberyn. That's really the greatest mystery was, for me. I'm standing by it. <laughs> I mean, I just was thinking, and we have, actually we have a we have some questions if we're ready to move on to them. Um, and I'll, I had another one first, but I'm going to skip over to a different question first because it kind of pertains to this conversation. Um, someone named Kama Splice wrote in and said, um, "Hey gang, has it occurred to anyone else in the panel during the Tyrion Sansa reread just how many of the more tinfoil hat theories that we've now come to accept?" Um, you know, Tyrek Lannister being alive, Tywin being poisoned, etc. And um, and also, I, I honestly, like, I've never read anything about Lancel being poisoned by Cersei, but reading Tyrion's chapters more clo- and Sansa's chapters more closely, like, that's the one that sticks out at me. Like, that is clearly, like, she was clearly poisoning him. Like, I just picture the... I would love someone to write a little side story of like some apothecary in King's Landing who's like making all this money because everyone's <laughs> buying all the poisons. <laughs> well, you know what I think it is. It's like every time I've you know I've read these this series a few times, but you know of course you just kind of focus on what you're most interested in. And as much as I always used to like Tyrion as a character, like I don't know that I you know picked through his chapters with a fine tooth comb. Like I, I have with like, say Jamie and Brienne and it is amazing when you do, you know, kind of pick through with a fine tip or fine tooth comb, what you find. And I, I mean, I, number one, definitely something's going on with Tyrick Lannister. We're definitely going to hear more about it. It's mm. not just me. One of those one off that you never hear about again. Mm, are we though? I think so. I do. And I think. I mean, will we ever get it? Oh, well, no, we'll never. We'll never get it. George intended for there to be something. Maybe that's, yeah. that's how I need to start phrasing all this stuff from now on. George intended to do that. And, like, I think, I think, I fucking think Oberyn might have been poisoning Tywin. There's so much reference to it. And I, so I just. Many. Like how much he stinks. Yeah. I mean. Just in the last three chapters alone, Tyrion chapters alone, there's so many times. That um, it's just it's brought up. So yeah, I definitely think he did. And like yeah. really, and the Lancel thing. I think she was poisoning him. Oh yeah, she's totally poisoning Lancel. Like that's what I'm most convinced. The way of. that Kevin mentions how she's visiting and like yeah. it's, it's and he just can't get there. better. And he's, he's you know, like 18 years old. Yeah, and he's not getting any <laughs> yeah. better. Like something's up with this. Oh god. Yeah. But yeah, like everyone is literally poisoning everyone. Like pretty much. <laughs> And some dudes getting like super wealthy from it all. Um, so we had another question um, from Almo eighty, who says, um, "Hello, ladies and the occasional gentlemen. As always, your insight and analysis are indeed complete." Wow. <laughs> I found the comparison between Persephone, Hades, and Sansa the Veil quite interesting. I hadn't seen it. I have a couple of questions about Sansa. Um, Do you think she'll marry Harry the heir, even if they don't have confirmation on if Tyrion is still alive? Uh, Will Littlefinger take the risk? Um, Do you guys... I I kind of feel like she's not going to ever marry Harry. No, I don't think she's going to marry Harry the heir. Yeah, no. Okay, so thinking about how Sansa will leave the Vale, I was wondering what George could do. I've been speculating about some scenarios. 
Um, first, Sander goes on his own to the Vale, using the tourney as an excuse, blends in and rescues her. Um, Brienne finally goes to the Vale and, using the tourney as an excuse, blends in and rescues her. <laughs> Brienne and Jamie, after dealing with Stoneheart, go to the Quiet Isle, and then we see Rescuing the Little Bird, starring the Wench, the Hound, the Kingslayer, with the Blackfish as a special guest. I would like I to like know which one. one you think would be the most plausible if you think there would be another okay. possibility. Well, I don't care I'm, about plausible, but I like that last one. I know, right? <laughs> like, who doesn't want that? Like, if that happens, how mad would you be that that didn't happen in the show? Like, come on! That's what we all want! Well, I've talked about this before on podcast, but my my pet wins theory is that, in fact, Brienne is not taking Jamie to Stoneheart. That, in fact, she has come up with a plan that they go get Sansa and basically barter for Pod and Heilback. But so Pod's I'm, been hanging there for 13 years! I keep, like, adding a year every time I, I really it. think every time, I yeah, really think that Jamie and Brienne will probably show up in the Vale in wins that which we'll never get, as Devin has so kindly pointed out. <laughs> I used to be such an optimist before I started. <laughs> oh, no, did they kill your hope? He killed Devin's hope. No. The greatest crime. Um... We have a couple more questions if you guys want to, if you guys are, let's go for it. Okay. Go for it. Um, how do you think the five, this is anonymous on Tumblr. How do you think the five-year time skip George planned would have affected Jamie and Brienne? I'm uh, down for that Brienne is pretty Maris theory. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if she would have been in Essos exactly, but like, you know, roughly like that hardened. outline of a character. Yeah, yeah. like. Like she might have ended up as Primaris in Westeros instead, but and not with the um, Golden Company, but the, that basic outline. Do you think I she would have ended up with the Brotherhood? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? It's funny. It's so easy with some characters to see where they were supposed to be after the five-year skip, but with Jamie and Brienne, it's hard to know. Would the, were they supposed to re- reunite before or after? Yeah, like I mean, if it's after, then clearly like. Unless, like, someone's being pretty vigilant about the birth control, like, there's <laughs> there's a little domestic situation happening, I, I think. I mean, yeah, I kind of tend to think that they were probably supposed to reunite after, but I don't yeah, know. I think so, I too. Um, so, I mean, I think, like, they're the characters that, you know, benefit. I mean, George wrote a whole book about him instead of, you know, having a time skip. So, it's like, they're the characters that benefited from not having the time jump. At least, you know, for those of us who like to read about them. Um, we've got a couple more <laughs> questions. We have another anonymous that asks, um, who do you think would win it in a fair fight between two-handed Jamie and Brienne? Um, not counting the one in A Storm of Swords because he was locked up for a while and not in the best shape. I mean, I assume it's Jamie, but... Jamie. Brienne thinks Jamie would win. Well, of course yeah, she does. <laughs> she's, she's thinking of that one through the eyes of love. I don't know. I think they're through the the eyes of I barely pulled that yeah. off. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I definitely think Jamie. So then we have a final question that came in from Twitter from um, Terrible Existence, and they say, I'll ask a question for the episode here. Um, George's favorite character in the series is Tyrion. While in general, the podcast has been down on him, to be mild, for the duration of the reread. <laughs> um, what is the divide in the perception and interpretation of Tyrion between the cast and and um, him. And where do you believe it comes from, you know, if, if we accept that there is a divide, really, in, in how we see Tyrion and, and maybe how George sees him? 
Well, I, I mean, like, I, I feel like this may, I mean, obviously we've got a couple guys on here, but I mean, like, I, it, there probably is an element of the fact that we're women, yeah. honestly. Um, you know, like, I, I think, God, there's a lot of misogyny in Tyrion. I think George intended a lot of it to be there, but I don't know that he is aware that all of it is misogyny. And I'll just maybe leave it there. Yeah, I think of this last chapter for me with Shay's murder, like, I feel like, you know, he doesn't even have the character of Tyrion really think about what he did that much. And it seems like he writes it as if it's not like a really huge deal. And part of it makes me feel like, you know how in like the CBS procedurals or in, you know, murder mysteries, like a lot of the times the victim is a, you know, it's a nameless prostitute. And it's sort of like we're not even supposed to even know their name or even like act like they're a person. And part of, you know, part of Tyrion's chapters, you know, I mean, that's the irony of George is that he writes Shay as a fairly complex person in some ways, and then, you know, kind of dismisses her murder because she's just a, she's just a whore. And I don't don't think that's entirely, yeah, I don't think that's entirely fair, but, you know, the thing that Tyrion continually dwells upon is you know, his father and Taisha, like, it's like, it's sort of like he doesn't even think about what he did with, with Shay because she was just, you know, she's just a whore. I mean, I, I want to say this. I feel like it needs to be said. I, I've never had the impression that George has written Tyrion as the hero of this piece. No. You know? I mean, John. So I, I don't think. Right. I don't think. I don't think. Unlike, say, when we're talking about the writers of Game of Thrones, I don't think George thinks of Tyrion as you know, the good guy. So yeah, I I think George can accept him having darker sides very easily. Whereas a lot of people don't maybe recognize that. That's like that. Um, the Pixar's 22 rules of storytelling one, like number two, I think is, um, what your audience wants to see is very different than what is interesting to you to do as a writer. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like Tyrion's probably really great to write, even as he does get on our nerves it's so readers. funny, Rachel. I have that poster like literally hanging up in my cubicle. It's great. <laughs> it's so great. I love, love it to pieces. Um, the other, you know, the other thing I feel like with George and and with Tyrion and and us maybe is, you know, so much I think of Tyrion's point of view is like there's a lot of him feeling sorry for himself about like his status in society. I feel like, and I kind of feel like as women, and this is going to be like a very broad generalization, but. On some level, as women, like we never would, we would never feel like it's the entire. And again, Devin and, and Cody, like I'm sorry, <laughs> just like I don't have to say like a flat out. I'm sorry to say this, but like there's a level of entitlement I think that sometimes men feel that women would never like intuitively mm-hmm. feel like that. And so a lot of like Tyrion's issues with his status in life are things that a woman would never expect to just get. And so it's hard for me to have a ton of sympathy for him for some things. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Which I didn't realize till this reread, like real, like said, reading it closely. Um, he kind like, he just, he thinks everyone owes him something. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, yeah, just the sense of entitlement about 
so much um, that just goes on in his head, especially especially with Sansa. Um, that's like that's the some of the worst of it to me that he expects her to be grateful and um, to. I mean, he wants her to love him for whatever reason, um, and that's just and he's mad that she doesn't, and that's just insane. And it's it's hard because even when you're saying that, it's like. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not the absolute worst. I mean, like, this chapter and what he does to Shay, to me, is unforgivable, but, like, he's not the worst character in the story. <laughs> oh, no. You know? No, no. yeah, definitely not. Like, That's, you just, have to try really hard to be the worst yeah, character right? in the story. The bar is really low on that yeah. one. And I just think, you know, I was kind of comparing him to Jamie in my head. And, you know, obviously I think, you know, my feathers get a little bit ruffled over the continual. Well, Jamie threw a kid out the window. And, you know, you constantly hear that about everything. And you never hear, well, you know, Tyrion straight up murdered this girl because, um, you know, she was a whore. As a, yeah, for guilty well, okay. reasons. That, that's a good point, though. Like, right there... If you were to take that at face value, what is the distinction between those two events occurring? Well, well, I think that Jamie did it for love because he, if he didn't do it, he and his sister and their kids were going to die. And Tyrion yeah, did it because he was sure. super pissed. But I think, well, because of love, though, I think I honestly think he's pissed because he either tricked himself into knowing and thinking that she loved him, or he just found out that you know the person who actually did love him. Taisha was, you know, like, was, was just screwed over entirely. He was screwed yeah. of that entire future. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Shay was kind of like, you know, when, you know, when like your cat is chattering at birds outside and you touch it and it like whips around and scratches you because it can't <laughs> get at the birds. I feel like, I feel like Shay is you, you know, in that, that scenario where like she was, she was just kind of, you know, the unfortunate recipient of a lot of it. Like, like he was just in a rage. Yeah, like, he probably would not have gone and sought out Shay. She just no. unfortunately brushed no. against him while, she was, while yeah. he was chattering at birds, you know. Well, you guys are so, making I mean, me feel a little, bit, a little bit better about Tyrion because I really came in here pretty hot to, like, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I, I get it. I mean, like, I, I get why you're hot. I, I mean, it, it makes me angry, too. Oh, I'm angry great. as well. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I mean, like, I, I do see the reasons. It's, 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 you know, it's very well written. You understand why he's come to this place. Um, I'm not saying it's a good place to yeah. be or the right place to be. Um, you know, but back to your point about, you know, like, what's the difference between <laughs> Jamie and Tyrion? I mean, one of them did something horrible to protect and with no malicious intent toward the person that they hurt, only an intention to protect other people. <laughs> Whereas with Tyrion, there's nothing but malice in this. You know, it's just, yeah. it's malicious. It's malicious what yeah. he does. It's cruel. And, and it's like... in, intentional. It's deliberately cruel. Yeah. And and that, to me, is the difference between them. And I realize there are people who can't see that that difference. I, I guess, you know, motivation only matters, you know, <laughs> in storybooks. Like, well, no, it's it. totally just... based upon who they did it to. And it gets back to the... Bran is a main character and Shay's just and a Shay's whore. Shay's just a whore, yeah. So it's like that's that too. That's where mm-hmm. it like in that's like the part of it that enrages me a little bit because I feel like she doesn't count because she's you know uh, she's just right. a, a whore and like her. I person. don't know that I don't know if that's true because she's she's so fleshed out in the book. I mean, right. well, not totally fleshed out, but, but she's I, you know she's a 
big character in his story. I think as readers, though, I mean, as readers, we exist in in our world, too. And like I said, there's so much fiction and there's so many movies where the victim is, you know, some nameless hooker. And, like, we just sort of accept that. And, like, yeah. then we go yeah. on to the real victims. Like, that first, you know, like, the, the first, you know, the first hooker the serial killer it's kills is just a, you know, set up for the rest of the story. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And we're used to, like, we're used to that. And so it doesn't seem as as important. And you know, yeah, I, yeah. I get what Cody's saying though, because George does give Shay yeah. Oh, yeah. a I mean, somewhat right. fair shake. He, he does, does, you know, you know, it, it's very clear from right. day one what Shay's in this for. Right. It's not. Necessarily, it's only Tyrion yeah. who deludes himself, and we're not getting that because we're reading between the lines. That's actually what George has put in the book. I mean, like, I think in some ways, this is what I'm talking about. Sometimes some of the misogyny he writes on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, but there are some casual things like the fact that Tyrion feels entitled to. For instance, a beautiful wife. Well, Tyrion's not a beautiful guy, you know. I mean, like, th- there are some things that 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 George just kind of takes for granted or okay for Tyrion to think, like that he should have like a really great looking wife and that she should just love him back just because he's a great person. And it's like, well, why don't you love a woman just because she's a great person? Can you imagine Brienne thinking these thoughts? No, like, no, of course no. not. These are, these are some of the things that you know it's just kind of taken for granted to me, for men to think. I do think George figured out that he'd done that though because of what he's doing with Tyrion and and Penny in dance. But I think this yeah. is something that George himself either had pointed out to him or kind of came to a realization about later on. Right. Uh, but a lot of the misogyny that we've seen from Tyrion that I think bothers me most is like you were talking about, Kyle, just the, the, the amount of entitlement that he feels despite, um, you know, obviously um, living with a disability and, and you know, having some some real um, obstacles to deal with in life, you know, living in a, you know, as a class of person who does not get uh, the full rights that someone in Westeros could expect to have otherwise. I mean, like, I definitely you know, feel sympathy for that and everything. But at the same time, he does have a lot of entitlement that to me is just straight up misogyny. And I think that's a lot of why you hear us <laughs> just unable yeah, to I, I totally, I, no, I totally anything else. It. It's funny Tyrion though. Is, uh, stuck yeah. in his own friend zone, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how he feels. And it's funny because I was thinking of, you know, the other characters who we've gone through their POVs and our reactions to them. And, you know, Jamie and Brienne are kind of on their, on their own plane and, you know, Cersei, I think we just sort of generally found ridiculous. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Know, like, without, and then, you know, Cat was, you know, Cat's prickly, but, you know, I don't think there was like a, the vitriol that, you know, at least I was feeling towards Tyrion that anyone felt towards her. And then, and then I Asha, I, I think, was just, her. what was that? I said, I love Cat, so I definitely didn't feel yeah. anything toward her. And, you know, Asha, I think, well, I mean, I just straight up was, like, in love with her. So, I mean, <laughs> this is, like, the one, the one POV, like, it, you know, the one POV where it's really, like, oh, I, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be, I mean, I kind of feel like that about Cersei. Like, it's just sort of, like, ugh, your head is, you know, your head's messing with me. Oh, but I love hanging out in Cersei's head. It's such a mess in there. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's a place. What? She's my favorite trash fire. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thing that Tyrion is so witty. Otherwise, I don't think you could stomach his chapters from day one. Yeah, I mean, well, like, I think him being in the definitely. plot heavy in a plot heavy plot is really much more bearable than him, you know, as the narrator of a travel log. Like, it's just like, oh mm. god, like, no, I, I want, you know, if you're t- 
talking to people and yeah, it's just it's like his dance plot is just not the right one for me personally to read no. again. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't know. My work. my take on it is just this: it's just like, look, it, the joke's on everybody else who thinks that Tyrion is their hero. Hero here, you know, that's not what's happening here. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it, and that has never been more clear yeah. than in this read. I actively hope that he never gets to ride the dragon. Everybody's always like, oh, I hope he gets to ride a dragon. I'm like, no. Why? He doesn't get to do fun things. No. Um, it's interesting, you know, given, well, I'm not going to get into it because I, I think we have people that are that are not spoiled, so I, I won't say anything. Um, anything else on Tyrion? No. Last words? So I want to give a little bit of a programming note. Um, we are going to be moving into our for the next few weeks, and we have a couple of episodes we've already recorded as well um, for over the holidays, but we're going to be moving into a series of our favorite chapters, and we have um, some listener choice chapters too, and we'll periodically put those out, Twitter polls out there, so you want to be sure to um, follow our Twitter at Door Podcast if you want to help us choose um, what chapters to cover. But I think our next one is I haven't I don't think we have a schedule an official schedule but I think our next chapter is um, Davos it's the one that it's really the one Chicky that you that you read the one I actually yeah the one you actually read so I think it's um, <laughs> the one I read when I wasn't supposed to read it yeah sure it's uh-huh. either it's either the one where Wyla Manderly is awesome or it's the actual the yeah. North Remembers chapter I'm not sure which one but it's one of those Davos chapters I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's the and, one where um, he among yells others, at the fray. We'll have our first, like among the other ones we'll have is we'll have a we'll have our first Theon chapter that we've done, and the first Danny chapter that we've done. So, um, oh god, first and probably last. So, and it looks like from our current Twitter poll, what, did we get a what? Yeah. What was that? I said, get me in on that Danny chapter. Yeah, I mean, clearly, please there take was... my place. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, you know, it looks like we're going to have a Melisandre chapter as well. So there'll be some different um, Yay, POVs. did she win? She's, oh, win- so she's winning. And I think um, since we'll take the top two, we're pretty much sure to do um, Mel's chapter. So we'll have some different uh, some different POVs than, we- than we've done yet, which will be kind of interesting. So we've got that coming up. And then um, we'll have to have some programming notes about what will be coming up before... Um, Game of Thrones Season 8, which looks like it's going to start, um, looks like the rumors are either August 21st or August 20, or August, oh my god. April. April 21st April. or April 28th. <laughs> I was um, like, don't make this worse. Yeah, the only like we're going to get. I can't wait till August. Yeah, it looks like be the, uh, yeah, looks like those are the dates that that it's looking like. So we'll have some programming notes coming up soon about what we have planned for um, kind of the, the late winter, early spring time period. So... Look for that, everyone. Awesome. So anyway, um, there's some more questions I didn't quite, I didn't get to, but um, we'll, you know, we'll get to them in the coming weeks. And I know there's a couple that we're saving for a future drunk cast um, to be determined. And, um, but keep sending them in. If you guys, like, are really offended by everything I said about Tyrion, which very likely could happen, um, let me know. <laughs> um, you can reach us at close the door and come here on Tumblr and Podbean or close the door and at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at door podcast, or you can um, become a Patreon and receive benefits like episodes a little bit early 
and that's at, um, I think it's just Close the Door and Come Here on Patreon. And you can listen to us on Podbean, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, we will be there. I'd like to thank our panel. Um, this was a this was a good one, you guys. Um, it's not the it's a fun chapter and then a horrible chapter. And I it's kind of fun because I came in with a certain attitude, and you guys have kind of you guys definitely all talked me down a bit, which is always kind of fun to get your <laughs> mind your mind shifted a little bit. So I appreciate that. But I'm uh, going to close the door. Get out. Get out, Tyrion. Jesus. Yeah, get out, Tyrion. <laughs> 